Hey everybody, this is the Wild Ass Podcast, and I am your host, Wild Ass Craig. This is episode three, and in this episode, I get to introduce all of you to a man that is, we'll say, beyond an experienced long-distance rider from Cypress, Texas. Over the last couple episodes, we've heard about the Hokahei Motorcycle Challenge, and I promise you that the Hokahei will not be the topic of every show, but it's going to come up again right now, because today the honor of introducing all of you to Chris Hopper, but not before reading you his storied list of accomplishments. After completing the 2018 Hoka Hay, finishing in ninth place, Chris jumped headfirst into the long distance riding world. Since that ride in 2018, he has completed almost 100 Iron Butt Association certified rides and has averaged over 80,000 miles per year for the last four years. Just a few of his rides include the Bun Burner Gold, which is 1,500 miles completed in 24 hours. The 48 in 10, which is a ride touching all 48 states in less than 10 days. He's done numerous Saddle Sore 1000 rides where you do 1,000 miles in 24 hours. He's done the 100 CCC, which is riding coast to coast to coast in less than 100 hours. Hopper has achieved platinum mile eater status with enough rides completed to get him to diamond status in the IBA. Hopper has ridden in all 48 states several times and enjoys stopping and seeing the sights this country has to provide. He is also a 2021 Iron Butt Rally finisher, finishing 24th place even after a massive penalty. He is one of only 10 people to date to have finished both an Iron Butt Rally and the Hokahei Motorcycle Challenge. In 2021, Hopper won a few things, so let's talk about them. First place in America's ultimate long distance rider with 952 points. First place in Mileage Maniacs with 146,699 points. First place in the Tour of Honor for the state of Texas. Hopper was the gold finisher in the Tour of Honor for 9-11 memorial sites visited and also won first place in the Rever Apps Road Warrior Challenge. While all of these are epic accomplishments, the highlight ride of his career is this one. On July 27, 2021, Chris Hopper attempted the ride nobody has done before, 100,000 miles in 100 days. He completed this ride with ease while raising money to fight Duchenne muscular dystrophy. He raised over $100,000 and was even able to take breaks and meet a few of the kids he was riding for. Hopper's total for 2021 was a mere 153,683 miles on motorcycles. Although Chris Hopper is an experienced long-distance rider, planning is not something he does. He prefers the winget method of riding and enjoys zigzagging all over to various points of interest for photo opportunities. He's definitely living his goal, which is to die with more memories than dreams, and he's chasing them every day. With all that being said, I will stop talking now and get this guy into the conversation. Chris Hopper, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It is, uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to have you here, and I thank you for joining me on episode three, where we're still in uh, new, relatively uncharted waters here in the podcast world for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to be here. To give a little history, you and I actually met in Sturgis. I was introduced to you through Riot, who was the episode uh, just before this one. Tell us a little bit about that. How did that come about? Yeah, just uh, you had a seat, you know, seat cushion uh, with a nice little note uh, attached to it telling me how crazy I was. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, after meeting up with Riot, we uh, took a trip up there to, to come hang out with you guys for a little bit. Uh, I, I guess it was right before Sturgis actually kicked off, you know, in real time, I guess. So uh, stopped by there, seeing you guys. And that's uh, that's the time we actually took a little break. We hung out and, you know, chatted a little bit with you guys, went and had some lunch, messed around there. And I don't know, took a couple hours uh, out of the day, that day's riding to just kind of hang out. Yeah. And I even got to ride with you a little bit. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We both got a break that day, and I always like breaks when I'm working events. So thank you for stopping by. Um, you, uh, I've gotten to know a little bit. You're not much of a look at me guy. So I, I just want to say thank you for coming on here because 
I know this is not something that is in your normal wheelhouse. Yeah, no. of, uh, it's all good. Making it about you. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of Texas. Is this where you grew up? Uh, I was born in Oklahoma and actually grew up uh, up in a little town up in the Panhandle, Texas. So yes. So you haven't strayed terribly far from home. No, no, not too far at all. Tell us a little bit about your family. I've met your wife. Uh, met her in Florida in Panama City at the at the after party, but. Is there, do you have children? Do you have anything else going on? Yeah, yeah, I got uh, got three kids, two boys and a girl. They're all grown, um, 23, 22, and uh, 21, or 24, 23, and 21. So um, they're all kind of kind of doing their own thing. My oldest son uh, does real estate, uh, as I do, so he's doing great. My other son uh, just moved to Dallas a few months ago uh, with his company. He's doing great. My daughter's uh, going to school at Sam Houston. Are they all motorcyclists? Is your whole family a family that rides? No, my, my boys do. Uh, they've got, you know, they've got some four-wheelers and, and have had motorcycles and stuff. So, uh, you know, no street bikes or anything like that. Mostly just, just dirt bikes. Well, that leads right into this next question because I know a little bit about this. But when and, you know, how did you get riding? Yeah, just, you know, like like mo- most riders, I guess, uh, started when I was a kid, you know, just growing up on dirt bikes and my stepdad is a, a big time enduro guy, a very accomplished, uh, excellent rider. So I've kind of been around it, you know, since I was young. So riding through the, the woods and trails and never, never really been a motocross guy. Wasn't really my thing, but you know, a lot of, a lot of trail riding, uh, that, that kind of stuff, uh, just dirt bikes and just kind of progressed from there. I, yeah, I think that seems to be real common. People grew up with the, you know, they got their first mini bike. And then that just progressed into now they're riding on the road, right? It's a little more relaxed and less likely to cause injury. Yeah. I think it, I think it actually comes in handy. I think the, the skills uh, that I've learned, you know, growing up on dirt bikes several times have come into play on street bikes. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, absolutely. I I would agree. What was your first dirt bike? Do you remember? Um, I had a little uh, 50 Indian uh, very first one, but then after that, uh, it was a DR one hundred. What was your first yeah. road bike? When I was younger, I had a had a Yamaha. I don't even remember what it was. Some some little Yamaha that I had for a while. Didn't have it very long, but then uh, you know started having kids and kind of got away from it. And then when the kids got grown, uh, decided to go ahead and get another bike. So got a, a twenty fourteen uh, limited and kind of went from there. So twenty fourteen, you got yourself a Harley. Um, right. You mentioned in your bio that the 2018 Hokahei is what you got into this whole long distance scene. Um, but before that, so then from 2014 to 2018, what kind of riding were you into? And then what made you even want to try the Hokahei? Yeah, so I was um, I was still doing more than average riding. I wasn't a long distance rider. I wouldn't consider myself a long distance rider at all. Just, you know, above average as far as mileage. You know, I think I was doing... 20, 25,000 miles a year, uh, just, you know, basically riding with friends, you know, locally, some trips here and there, nothing, nothing major, but no long days or anything like that. And I knew I wanted to do an iron butt. Uh, so I was just kind of looking around the internet, trying to figure out, you know, the rules and what all it entailed and all that. And somehow came across a thread that mentioned the Hoka Hay and I'm a pretty competitive guy. And so I'm like, okay, well, why do a thousand when you can do 10,000, you know, let's just, let's just go to the, let's go to the top, you know, everybody wants to fight the champ. So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's just go right up there. Let me just see how I rank, you know, see if I really am a rider. And it was, it was late. It was only a couple of months before it started. So it was already full and I registered, you know, paid the fee and every single day I was emailing Beth, Hey, you know, what do we got to do? Get me in. You know, I know there's a way they kept telling me is, I was on the wait list and it was full and it was only like a couple of months away. So every day I'm emailing, Hey, what do we got to do? I'll pay double. I know there's a way, you know, just let me know what it is. I'll I'll make it happen. And eventually I guess, you know, spot opened up and I finally got in and yeah, when I got there and showed up, I realized that I had no clue what I was getting into and I was in way over my head because there were no, there were no get togethers. Like since then, you know, I hadn't been to anything. I didn't know anybody that had done it didn't didn't know anything at all so it was yeah it was quite a quite eye-opening and shocking what what i was getting into you still according to your bio finished ninth 
So what, uh, when you got there, that big wow factor, what was it? What was the first, what hit you the hardest? Do you remember? Oh yeah. Just, just seeing all the bikes lined up with all the, all the equipment, you know, all the extra lights and tank bags and outfitted with everything. And, you know, just seeing all the people's gear and all that. I didn't, you know, I wasn't wearing gear at that time, just jeans and a shirt and, you know, it was basically stock bike. And so the 2018, okay. I did complete stock, you know, stock lights. I didn't have any auxiliary lights or anything like that. Any climb gear, anything like that. Just, so yeah, I was like, you know, these people are in a whole different league, you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to compete with this. I have no idea what's going on. And again, I didn't really know anything about it. So I really thought it was just a ride to where, cause I didn't know, I still didn't know anything about long distance riding at the time. So I didn't know people are riding 24 hours at a time. I just thought it was a, Hey, let's go ride eight to 10 hours and everyone's going to stop and go to sleep, get a good night's sleep, get up in the morning and, you know, have breakfast and then take off again. And yeah. So I realized after a couple of days, that that's not how that works. <laughs> I can imagine your thought process there. That first, you know, getting there, I'm, I'm assuming you were talking to people and introducing yourself and chatting with these guys and their stories, right? Or no? Yeah, a little bit, but it just, you know, there's not a whole lot of time. And, you know, I didn't really know anyone, so wasn't real sure, you know, who to talk to. And I didn't want to talk to the wrong person. I'd rather talk to nobody than talk to the wrong person. Sure. You know, get, 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 get bad information to start with. So yeah. it's kind of trying to feel out, okay, who really knows what they're talking about and, you know, trying to figure out who the, who I need to talk to and, uh, so, you know, I got, got a few pointers. I probably made, no lie, I probably made 10 or 12 trips to different stores, you know, picking up little stuff that I'd see on somebody's bike, the things that I could get, just buying up little stuff just to try to get, you know, half-ass prepared. Sure. So did you know going in that you had to sleep outside? Yeah. Yeah. I knew, I knew that. Okay. And that's what I, I thought it was just a thing to where, like I said, I mean, I, I even brought like a little, I had like two or three like little plastic hanging lights. Cause I thought, okay. I brought my computer because I'm like, okay, at nighttime, I'll just, you know, hang my light in my temp. I'll be able to get a little work done on the computer because, you know, before I go to bed and all that. Because, again, I didn't know about it was, you know, balls to the wall, you know, 24-7. I thought, you know, like I said, just eight to ten hours of riding and then get a good night's sleep. Sure. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like I said, it took, took a couple of days of riding to, to figure that out. Then I got yeah. on board. The very, very quick learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. But. I think what that states is you can get on there with a completely stock bike with stock lights and you can still finish and do fairly. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if now you could still do as well. Maybe, I guess I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You it, could, but you can do it. That's yeah, the main absolutely. thing. You can do it. So yeah, you can do it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know. I didn't know how unsafe it was at the time. Sure. So your advice is lots of light. Yeah. Because yeah. that well, was definitely, one definitely makes mentioned. a difference. <laughs> yeah. Either lots of lights or no sense. Either one works. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's good. What surprised me, and I even had to double check with you, your list of rides since that event in 2018 is more than I can even fathom. But to crown all that in three years, essentially, pushes me right to the question, what is it you do for work and how can you afford this amount of time off? Yeah, I'm lucky there. I'm a full-time real estate investor, so I have a bunch of rental properties. And, you know, I can pretty much work from anywhere. I've got uh, crews and systems in place to where, you know, I can I can buy houses with, you know, remotely, sight unseen and stuff and just kind of get my crews to take care of them and stuff. So I really don't have to be that hands-on as much. So I am lucky to have, uh, have a lot of free time to take care, you know, do stuff like this. No, and that's cool. We talked about that a little bit when we were in the uh when we were in Sturgis and I just, that just floored me that that's a thing. And I'm, I just think it's so cool. So I'm, I'm happy you get to do that. I've been half-assed following you, you know, even before I realized who you were through the different long distance rider pages and stuff on Facebook. And uh, I didn't realize it at first, but you're the guy that writes your name in each state. You map it out and uh, spell your name on the tracking device, right? That's me. That is you. Would you like to uh, tell us about this practice, how you go about it, how it started and how you plan for that? Yeah, it was just uh, kind of one of those things. I was just sitting around thinking that, uh, you know, trying to trying to come up with something different. 
Um, and I don't know, got this wild idea to, to write my name across the state of Texas. And as I'm mapping it out, I didn't, I, you know, I was just assuming it'd be, you know, three, 400 miles or whatever. And when I mapped it out, I mapped it out really nice some nice roads and where it was really, you could really read it. It just stood out. It was, it was like 1,498 miles. I think it was. So it was right at 1,500 miles, Ooh, a little bit longer than what I thought, but I went and wrote it uh, and actually turned it into a, a BBG while I was doing it. And after I did that one, then I got the wild, wild idea to, Hey, why don't I just do this in every state? And kind of, kind of took off from there. And every one I've, I've ridden has been during a, a, a certified ride. So either saddle sore or BBG. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I think I'm at 18 or 19 states now. I'd initially planned to knock them all out in two years. Then, you know, everything else keeps coming up and other rides and contests and just, you know, I kind of keep pushing it back. It kind of keeps going to the back burner. So I've knocked out the majority of the really nice big states where you can do it nice. So, you know, the East coast is going to be, you know, that's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be really small. So I just haven't put a lot of effort into those out there because it just wouldn't be that fun, but I, but I will get to them. Do you have a website or is there a place we can go see these pictures? Cause I've seen, I think I've seen most of them, but uh, I, I don't have a I, Yeah. I don't have a website or anything. Uh, I guess I could, should probably do that. But no, I've got a, I've got a lot of them on my page and my pictures and I just kind of post them as I do them, but I don't have them, don't have them loaded up anywhere. Okay. Yeah. I have like a photo album of, I, and I had, I didn't check your Facebook page to see if you had a photo album of your states. Um, yeah. Yeah. I need yeah. to do that. I can add the photo. The, I can add an album with all the states in it. Yeah. I was curious. Cause I think that people would really, they'd look at that and go, no way. That's really cool. Yeah. What they tracking... put it in the. They put it in the hog magazine. I guess it was last year sometime as well. So there's a few of them in there too. Okay. What tracking, isn't it a phone app you're using to do this? I use, uh, so when I do my names, I've found, found out the hard way uh, that it just seems like, you know, Murphy's law when I'm doing them that an apple crash. So when I'm doing my name rides, I set up three different trackers on two different phones just to make sure, because one of them's bound to record the whole ride. So I do Spotwalla, obviously, but Spotwalla, you know, if you know about it, it only drops a pin every few minutes. So if you're making a lot of turns and that, sometimes it, it, it doesn't keep track of the whole name. You know, it cuts it off and just goes from point to point. Oh, sure. So so I have a couple of other ones that I run. I use uh, the biggest one I like. What is it called? Um, Riser. That's probably the, the best one for, for tracking it. And then I use uh, ESR, which is Eat, Sleep, Ride. And then I do the, the Harley one. Was that Rever you were thinking of? Rever, yeah, use Rever too. Oh, so Riser is a different one. Riser is a different one. Yeah, I like I like the track that Riser does. The problem with with, with Rever, uh, and everyone knows, occasionally it, it just shuts off. It mm -hmm. records your miles, but you got to restart it. With Riser, if it shuts off, which it does as well, when you restart it, it continues where it left off, so it ca it catches up, so it doesn't mess up the name or anything that's the okay. main reason why i like it so okay yeah i guess I, it's still tracking the background or whatever but yeah it, uh if it does cut off you you don't lose anything uh, so that's two tracking apps i have never heard of is riser and esr so i'll yeah. look into those for myself yeah yeah R rise riser is really good I, I really like it yeah i'll have to look into that one talking about the names you spelled out uh in the 100 on the 100 in 100 you spelled out Jamesy's name, and that, uh, if I remember correctly, went all the way from like Iowa, Nebraska, all the way, or Iowa and Missouri, I think it was, went all the way east to Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania. Tell us about that ride. Yeah, that's actually the the biggest name ride that I've done, and I actually wrote that one backwards, uh, just you know, hoping that people wouldn't catch on because you know everyone was following on, on the track or whatever. So I really didn't want that to get out until I, till it was time for me to announce it. You know, I didn't want somebody saying, Hey, you know, look what's going on. So I wrote it sure. backwards. I had rode around a bunch on purpose, kind of in that area, just to create a bunch of lines that I'd be riding through. So hopefully it would get obscured. You know, no one would see what was going on. Yeah. Started that one backwards. That was the, the biggest one I've done uh, as far as a name. And that was uh, like 4,400 miles. And I messed that one up. Uh, when I took my, 
uh, rest break. I think it was on the so the last three letters. So the what J A M. I messed up on the M and just had to completely route. You know the M and then the A and then the J uh, on the fly while while I was going. So that was that was kind of a nightmare. It's it spelled out and it looked good on the map though. <laughs> Yeah, it looked better how if it was uh, the original way, but yes, yeah, it still worked out. Still worked out good. I didn't realize that you threw a bunch of lines in there in the beginning to to screw with people. That's good. I, so that ride took a lot more planning than even we would probably have assumed. Well, you know what? It wasn't planned that way up front. I just I, I had ridden in that area, and then when I figured out where I wanted to do the name, I kind of looked at the map. I'm like, oh, you know what? And that's when it kind of hit me. I'm like, let me go do another day or two, kind of in that area, just to to get a few more squigglies in there sure. uh, to hopefully camouflage it. So yeah, it wasn't, wasn't set up originally until I, till I saw where I was going. Then I, then I got the bright idea to do that. That's cool. You mentioned in your bio that in 20, in the 21 iron butt rally that you got yourself a pretty good penalty, kind of a two part question because I still, I would consider myself very new to the long distance riding community. In fact, probably not even qualified how would you explain an iron butt rally and uh that being said what were you penalized for yeah the iron butt rally is, is just like uh, any any other rally just on a grander scale uh basically a scavenger hunt um there there was three different legs and you know each leg you're given the rally book uh that has the point of interest you know each worth a different amount of points and you just got to figure out how to how to plot your route to accumulate the most points and get to the, the checkpoint, you know, on time, uh, you have a, a small time window when you have to arrive. So it's just one of those things that takes a lot of planning and all that, which is not my strong suit whatsoever. So, you know, if you can plan good, uh, if your skills on riding are lacking, you can more than make up for it with good planning. So, um, okay. yeah, penalty wise uh there's a you can't be on social media when you're doing the iron butt rally for, i guess for safety reasons and even though i was on my uh rest break i jumped on uh, to wish somebody happy birthday and got penalized for that so really no, That's yeah all no so, yeah <laughs> no social media means no social media so <laughs> huh. uh, during rest break or not so yeah yeah i think it was a I don't remember what it was, 15 or 18,000 point penalty or something. It was, it was big. Wow. So that 15 or 18,000, what, what was the point total? If you had gotten those points back, where would you have finished? I, I, I think it cost me one or two spots. Uh, play. I mean, it wasn't a, you know, okay. it wasn't like I'd have, you know, been in the top 10 or anything like that. I don't think, but I don't, I don't remember what it was. It, it really didn't matter. I glanced at it, but didn't put sure. a whole lot of effort into it. Yep. Yeah. So for somebody's birthday, you gave them a great penalty. In yeah. A butt rally. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it was another IBA rider. So yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. In 2021, you did a total of a little over 153,000 miles, right? Yes. So a hundred thousand of that was in a hundred day stretch so according to my math that leaves me to question you know with fifty three thousand miles what the hell did you do for the other 212 days <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> yeah that, that, that 53 was spread out a little bit so um and i'm sure you saw the post where i really thought i was closer to 80 instead of 50 yeah uh but 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 after going back and looking uh i knew i had a big january uh, but I thought I had a decent February as well. But I guess my, you know, checking where the mileage was on my bike, I was trying to back into it, remember. But November and December of the previous year uh, were were big months as well. So that's where the majority or a big chunk of the miles came from. So I was less than what I thought I was. Like I said, I thought it was closer to 80,000, which I was really going to make a push to get 200. Uh, after looking at it, I realized I was at 50. I'm like, ah, there's, there's still a shot. I might be able to pull it off. Uh, but then, you know, I got COVID as soon as I got back and that kind of put a damper on things. And that put me so far behind work wise and everything. There was just, there was no way I was going to be able to, to pull it off. So you, uh, I, and I didn't, I don't think I have that in my notes, but you catching COVID right after your ride also 
that did that take you out of your own rally or you weren't like we had to switch the party for that right yeah yeah that so my rally was going on uh that weekend and luckily I had some people uh kim and and my wife stepped in and kind of took it over and uh still kept it a successful rally uh they, they ran things i was able to be home and i was able to do the scoring but they took care of all the in-person stuff for me so talk so, about your rally what what is that? What's involved in that? Is it something you do every year? It is. Uh, that was, I guess, the third one. Uh, Hops Rally. You can you can find it on Facebook. Just look for Hops Rally. Uh, I kind of started it just as more for beginners, and not that I'm the the, the great rally rider at all. Uh, but obviously, I know the I know the concept. So basically, just a way to to get more people involved in it. I mean, I like rallies. I like the concept. I'm just not good at them because I don't like the planning that's involved to, to be really good and successful at them. It's not my strong sure. suit. Um, so I just kind of started mine. Just it's really cheap, uh, you know, really inexpensive. Uh, it's all in Texas. Uh, it's just a little short. I've done a couple different ones. I did an eight and a 12 and then the last uh, couple have been like 30 hours. So, you know, it's just a way to get new people involved, you know, very inexpensive way to where, you know, if you're looking to get into the, the rally world and, and do some of the really nice big rallies out there, uh, but you're not sure, you know, how they work or rules or anything like that, then mine's a perfect one to, to come, just kind of get your feet wet, figure out what it's all about, see how they work, and, you know, then catapult into, into some of the really nice ones. So you said 8, 12, 30 hours. So I'm, I'm a brand new rider. I want to try a rally thing yours is it always in september was that when it was supposed to be uh november uh, october yeah. okay yeah, november so it's yeah. november and i want to go try this rally talk me through hops rally um yeah just i i put the information out there just like any any other rally and uh when you register then i send out the the rally packets usually the you know one or two days before day and a half before <clears throat> give you you know give you a full day to to plan your route and put everything together. Uh, and then we usually take off on a Friday morning, uh, anywhere between, you know, six to nine o'clock, depending on how many hours it's going to be and what time I want to finish to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, you know, there, there's obviously a, a rest bonus in there too, for, for everyone to get some sleep. You're not just riding a straight 30 hours and all over Texas and then make it back at a, a certain time, usually in the afternoon, anywhere between, you know, three and six o'clock. Okay. So we would, Everybody would meet up at, say, your local Harley dealer, which we have to get a mention from them here in a little bit. But um, so everybody meets up. Is that where it starts? Yeah, yeah, it starts at okay. yeah Re- Re- Republic Harley Davidson. They're they're my home dealer. They you know they're very supportive of, of my riding and everything I do and, and of my rally. You know they they put up a lot of money for the rally. Like I said, my rally is inexpensive. I think this year is fifty five dollars, and that included a a full cooked in front of you hibachi meal. So basically you're paying sure. for a hibachi meal and getting a free rally, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, is, is what it was this year. So yeah, they're, they're really supportive on that. And all, all the proceeds went to toys for tots, you know, I'd kind of pick a charity for everything to go to each year. Uh, and this year it was toys for tots. Um, yeah. You meet up and then uh, go over a few different rules or whatever. And then, you know, any last minute conversations and then everyone takes off. And everyone takes off and they basically have a scavenger hunt book that they have to figure out how to collect. And each, each thing they collect is one set amount of points, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Each spot, obviously depending on, you know, either how far away it is, how hard it is to get to, or if it's something, you know, I really want you to go check out. Uh, You try to try to steer people certain directions or, uh, mine, my rallies, I really try to gear more towards, Hey, I want you to go ride this road. So I know if you go get these couple of points around here, you're, it's going to force you to get on this road. Sure. Um, so I kind of, kind of look at that. Uh, and this year I kind of changed it up a little bit and actually made roads worth points. So like, Hey, if you ride from point A to point B on this road, you know, it's worth X amount of points. Okay. So they go out, they scavenger hunt, they get their points, they find a place to rest. They scavenger hunt, collect their points, and they have to be back within a certain window of time or by a certain time. By a certain time. I think this year, I think it was three o'clock, I don't, three or four o'clock. Yeah, you have to be back by by that time. After that, uh, then, you know, if you're late, 
fifty percent of your points. You lose fifty percent of your points. Dang. Some of the rallies are just you're just DNF. You know, you you don't you, you get nothing. Yep. Uh, so that's one thing in the in the rally world is get back on time. That's that's one of the the most important things. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to like, and, and I am incredibly dumbing it down mostly for myself, but for those of us that don't know how these rallies work, because in my world, when we go work a rally, you know, we're working a rally. I right. Mean, you've seen what we do. We set up our stuff and we sell our goods and everybody comes to us. That's the rally. Yeah. So, yeah. In the motorcycle world, there, there's that rally. And then there's a riding rally, you know, like, like this kind of stuff. So my rally, you've got heart of Texas rally, iron butt rally, you know, north by northwest i mean it's all just different kinds of rallies a lot of people have different rallies all across the country mm-hmm. uh and and there's some some really great stuff out there so you know heart of texas rally is a, a really great rally paul tom uh runs that one uh, out of college station area uh probably the you know one of the the top ones out there uh, and you know like i said if somebody wants to wants to jump into that but they want a, a practice or just kind of, if it's the first one, they want to learn how to do it. That's kind of where, where mine comes into play. Mine's not as complicated or in depth as some of these bigger ones. I try to try to just keep it pretty simple just to kind of let everyone get the concept down. No, it's very cool. It's, and that's a good way to get people started. Um, so for those of you listening, if you haven't ever done a rally and this seems like a good one to try, which it seems to me like a good first rally, go to hops rally on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, we had uh, quite a few uh, first-time rally riders uh, this year, and I'm really bummed that I wasn't there to to talk to them all. So I'm hoping some of those guys step up now and go ride uh, the the Heart of Texas rally, which I think registration's open on that one. So hopefully they'll uh, they'll go ride that one and they'll see that you know that rally's a hundred times better than mine. So they'll have you know if you had fun in mine, you'll have just an an amazing time in that one. Sure. And if you hate it, and if you hated mine, go ride that one, and you'll have an amazing time and see how horrible mine really was. <laughs> I have a feeling you're not giving yourself enough credit. So, so. Um, and first times for everybody uh, when it comes to these types of events are usually the most memorable because you know you don't do anything right, and uh, if you have the imperfect rally for me to come and not do anything right at it, probably seems like a pretty good fit. So I'm guessing most people have a pretty good time, especially if it's their first time. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a good time, and and you know I mentioned the planning earlier, and if you know if anyone's out there who's wanting to get into rallying, but you know they're they're kind of the same as me and not real good at planning, you can still wing it. I mean, you 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 have a map, you have a, a Google map with all the locations on there, so you can just click on one and go point to point, and just you know get however many points you can, just you know just to have fun and have a good time to see some see some cool stuff out there. It's not absolutely required that you sit down and plan out this complicated massive route or anything you can you can just dumb it down to just i'm not going to put anything on paper i'm just going to click on this one because it's the closest one to me and go get it then just keep getting the next closest one until it's time to go back to to the end spot yeah. you know to the checkpoint so oh, which cool. is which, which is a lot of times what i do uh, i is try that- to put yeah i try to plan a little bit but it seems like even before i get to the first first one first bonus location i've already changed it up so then I'm just kind of winging it on the fly, which is, you know, a little frustrating, but it seems to happen on every single rally. So how does that work with the Hoka Haven? Knowing how that route is, is it, does that well, work to your favor? Cause you don't have to plan any of it. Well, everyone's on the same playing field then no one, you know, you don't get to plan. You don't see anything. I mean, when you line up to start is when you get the directions. So it's, it's every, everyone's on the same playing field. You know, there's, there's no advantages. Okay, so, so the, it, the, in, the inability to plan is more, instead of saying it that way, it's probably looking for the advantage and always changing your plan <laughs> during these yeah. rallies. Yeah, yeah, you know, there, there's, you know, if you're, if you're good at a uh, base camp and uh, some of those, uh, those other programs out there as far as, you know, how to, how to put a route together, you could, you could do good at routing. And I'm not good. I, I don't know base camp. Uh, it's just not – and I just don't like sitting there planning stuff out. I just, I don't know if it's ADD or what, but I just kind of lose interest Sure. Uh, after about five minutes. So, and I just <laughs> jump on the bike and go. That's funny. If you don't mind, I, if you haven't talked enough about the doing the 100 and 100 already, we talk about that for just a little bit. Sure. So I, I have to assume 
you've been on some podcasts. In fact, I know you have, but which ones have you been on so far? Oh, man. I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> uh, um, let me think here for a second. Um, what was the what was the name of it? Motorcycle Mayhem Radio, Motorcycle Misfits. Uh, been on Denver's Denver Woods. His yeah, was a v, 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 v Twin Life. Yeah, and I think there was there was one or two more that I just I, I okay name name just escaped me. Yeah, that's fine. And I know you joined me on the Wild Ass Wednesday video on Facebook. So all of those podcasts have been because of the hundred the hundred. Yes, basically. Okay. Yeah, I'm a no I'm a nobody without that. Which which just I mean that that really put your I guess put your name on the map. Is that what we could say? Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talking about the hundred and a hundred, being the self-proclaimed wing it guy, doing a hundred days straight. I don't care how much you don't want to plan it has to take some planning. So how much planning went into the ride? And I don't mean like route in this and that, but to do this ride, how much planning actually went into it before you actually started on the 27th of July? Um, I mean, really not, not a whole lot. I mean, I I knew I was going to get a new bike specifically for that. And it was just, you know, getting the bike set up, which I, I set the bike up the exact same way as, you know, my other bikes, I didn't do anything uh, other than I added the Olin shocks. I hadn't, I didn't have the Olins on my previous bike. So that was really the only change, but there's really nothing, no other planning other than just trying to get a few little, you know, work details planned out and make sure I was covered there. But as far as riding, it was just a, just another ride. I didn't want to, I didn't want to put a whole lot of focus into anything like that and just kind of overwhelm myself and you know, not be able to pull it off. So I just tried to keep it as, Hey, it's just another ride. I mean, okay. All I got to do is a thousand miles today. You know, when I wake up, okay. All I got to do is a thousand miles. I never looked at, okay. I'm, you know, I'm 10,000 miles in, I'm 11,000 miles in, you know, I just, all I had to do was a thousand miles each day. And that's the, that's the mindset I tried to stay in. Sure. Did you, but so leading up to it, like, I know you had, you had, put this together with uh, the mile monsters to be a fundraiser mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you had to look at a calendar and go, okay, where is this going to fall into place? I need to leave on this day or did that not really happen? Uh, a little bit. So what I initially thought of it, and a lot of people have talked about the ride, uh, you know, over the years, you know, it's been kicked mm-hmm. around by, by, you know, tons of, of, of long distance riders. Uh, and I wanted to do it in 2020 but uh, Hoka Hay, the way it got pushed back kind of to August or whatever I knew, or July, I knew it was going to be later in the year, which would give me some weather issues. So I said, okay, well, I'll just I'll put it off another year. And then I knew I was going to be riding the, the IBR. So I just said, after, as soon as the IBR is done, I'm just going to take off. You know, I know I'll be taking off in July. So as soon as the IBR was done, uh, you know, rested up a few days and took off. Okay. You know, I planned out planned out my first day as far as routing, just because my my number one goal was I wanted to get up and get through Beartooth, uh, just because you know that's subject to being shut down at any given day. You know, with uh-huh. weather, you know, if it gets tons of snow or whatever. So, I just want to get up in that area, get that knocked out, and then from there, it was I had nothing planned at all. Was this your first time over Beartooth? Yes, I have. It seems like I've been in it by a vehicle, mm-hmm. and the road was terrible. On the on the bike, was it or not yet? No, no, no. It was fine. It was it was a good ride. It was a fun ride. And I can't remember. I, I think it was all paved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember it. So. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't yes. know. I didn't realize this was your first time over Beartooth Pass. Yeah, yeah. I was actually supposed to meet up with Ryan there, and he was coming from the other direction, and some road, uh, I guess, through Yellowstone was closed, so he had to backtrack and go all the way around. And then we finally met up later on that evening, And but I was, uh, we weren't going to meet up. I was like, all right, I'll just catch up with you tomorrow, because I was tired, middle of the night, so I'm going to go, uh, you know, I'm going to go get some sleep. And I, I won't, I won't say who or anything, but just, I was so tired and I had done like 1600 miles that first day, just trying to bank some time being fresh, mm-hmm. obviously just like anyone would do. When I rolled into the campground, I realized it was in the middle of a, uh, an MC's a motorcycle clubs 
kind of they kind of had the whole thing for a get together. Oh, so so I realized that you know that wasn't the place I needed to be. You know, wearing my Hoka Hay patch or whatever. So I just kind of put everything on on the bike and got out of there. Then I did go meet up with Riot. So you got a few extra miles in the first night. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely unplanned ones. Yeah, yeah. That being said, when uh, whenever I talk to kids that do things like little kids, let's just say they take a road trip, they do this, they do that. Oftentimes, you know, the comment is, "Oh, it was so much time in the car. It was this and that." And I've never heard you say, "Oh my God, it was so much time on the bike." But I'm still going to ask you this question to kind of, I, I do this with children to get them to start looking at the positive stuff. What was your favorite part of the trip or the coolest thing you saw? You know, everyone asked that and it was just, I don't think there's really one particular thing. Each, each thing I saw, and as you know, uh, you know, I posted a lot of stuff and documented, I mean, I saw just tons of amazing sites uh, and and things like that. Um, You know, there's quite a few that, that stand out and and for various reasons. Um, I, I don't know that I could, put my finger on one, I guess if I was just absolutely forced to say what was the coolest thing I saw, I'd probably have to say the, uh, the grotto of redemption in Iowa. I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I had a, had a good time walking around there, checking that thing out. Went to the ark. Um, that was, that was cool. That's when Ken Andrews was riding with me, made him make a little, little pit stop with me. And we walked around there for a few hours. That was good. That place uh, is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very, very cool. So I definitely, definitely going to go back there and spend a little more time. He was rushing me through, so I didn't get to enjoy it as much as I wanted to. <laughs> the Grotto of Redemption is on my list. Yeah. Uh, after hearing you, you said it here, you said it on uh, the Facebook show. That is something I want to hit this this spring on one of my practice rides. I want to go see that. So. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. And there's just, there's just tons of stuff out there. Like I said, I mean, I just saw just so many amazing things. And then you know, having the people come out and ride with me, that was that was really nice. Just, I mean, the whole ride overall was just just amazing. Set up throw that I did it with ease, and I kind of laughed about that. I don't know about with ease, but yeah, we got it done. <laughs> Saying did it with ease, you know, I was one of many people watching, and when you got to that last week. And it was like, and I, you know, you and I had been texting back and forth throughout and I'm like, God, don't break down. Don't have a bike failure. Don't have a tire failure. You know, <laughs> like right. really hoping. And I didn't want to bring anything up. I didn't want to curse it, but I thought you did it with ease. That being said, you had, uh, you had one day, one day where you just weren't feeling it. Can you tell us about that? And then for any new riders, how do they get through this same thing? I think yeah. you know the day I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just like starting out. So, I mean, going back to like the 2018 Hoka Hay, I didn't know what I was doing. And, and you just, you know, push your body and push your body and push your body. And, you know, I think I had three times where I hallucinated on that ride, which obviously meant I was kind of going too far. So over time, over the last few years, I've got to where, you know, I, I know my body and I know – uh, you know, I know when it's time to shut it down before I get too far. Um, and that's kind of on that particular day, that was my lowest day. I think I only did 600 miles that day. Uh, not even like, you know, just under six, but uh, I just, I, I couldn't go. I just, like I was finding a reason to stop like every hundred miles, you know, whether it be just gas or just literally just get off the bike and, you know, sit down on the side of the road or, whatever. And I just knew, okay, my, my body's just not, it's not up for it. There's no sense in pushing, you know, that I, I definitely don't have another 500, 600 miles in me to hit the thousand. So it's best to just shut it down. I'm kind of running some numbers and okay. I knew I figured I could make it up over the next three or four days uh, just by riding a little extra. Uh, and it was a, the, the right decision. I mean, I got a, a great night's sleep, uh, woke up refreshed and, you know, felt brand new and ready to go. It made all the difference in the world. Yeah. So talk about, you know, if somebody new wants to start riding long distance and it's, it's funny to ask somebody like you, this question. And and the reason I say that is because you ride like thousand miles a day. If a guy rides for 500 miles a day and he starts to get to this point where he just wants to stop and put his bike away, advise somebody how you deal with that, handle it and move forward. So you don't have to now, yes, you have to stop, take a break, but how do you not let that frustrate you if you're trying to get into longer rides? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a big mental game. Uh, that that that's what it is. Um, I, I joke with people like when I when I'm getting on to do a thousand or fifteen hundred mile ride, no problem at all. I feel great, nothing at all. If I'm riding around town, just you know, doing a little bar hopping on a weekend with friends or whatever, my ass always hurts. So it, it just it, it's just that that mental game uh, of you know you got to block everything out and just focus on the the goal uh, and what you want to do, and then you got to figure out you know how to how to push through that. And I tell people, for me, there's there's a, a difference between tired and sleepy. You can you can push through tired, you can't push mm-hmm. through sleepy. And once you figure out that difference, then you know that's when you're that's when you get to that next level. You know, it, everyone's going to get tired after three or four hundred miles on a motorcycle, no matter sure. how experienced you are. But you just you know the experienced guy knows. Okay, I just need to get another another you know one two or three hours or you know, one, 200 miles into it and I'll break through and get over that hump and get that extra burst of energy, get that second wind, whatever it is. And that will carry you, you know, hours for hours to, to finish that ride. But once you do that, you know, if you do that multiple days in a row and now you're getting tired and, and you just, you know, when you're you can't keep your eyes open or rolling back in your head, whatever, just the, you got to know when you're, when you're sleepy and that's not something you can push through. And that's when you got to shut it down. I've never heard it explained that way yet. It makes perfect sense. The difference between tired and sleepy. Yeah, It works for me. I don't know. You know, ride, ride, yeah. ride, ride your ride. And that's the thing that everyone says. And, and it's true. You have to ride your ride. How I ride may not work for you. You know, right. you have to, you have to figure out your own way. Uh, and that's what I tell people. I mean, so I, I, and I've used this example before, but you know, if I said right now, Hey, you know, could you, uh, could you jump up right now exactly how you're dressed and go run a marathon? What would you say? Whatever you're wearing right now. Me personally? Yeah. yeah. I would say yes. Okay. Well, all right. The reason I say that is because I take out all of the fact that I'm wearing jeans and a hoodie and I would be uncomfortable as shit, but could I do it? Yes. Yeah. Would I I be fast? No. Yeah. So, so, (laughs) so the, so the average person, all right. So just put a time limit on you. Could you do it in six hours? You know? No. No. All right. So, you know, all right. So what, what if you were guaranteed, you know, a $30 million check, if you finished it in six hours, you'd sure get up and give it your best shot. Yeah. I mean, now you've got some motivation Uh, and and that makes a big difference. So, and that's kind of what it is. You just have to find that whatever motivates you to, to finish that goal. And for me, it was just, I wanted to do it, you know? Yeah. And that, that's any ride. I want to, I don't want to fail. I'm starting it, so I don't want to fail. I, w- I want to finish it. So whatever that motivation is for you, you have to find it. And that's riding your own ride. You know, you have to push as hard as you can uh, safely uh, and, and figure out your body and figure out, you know, if 800 miles is all you can do, then that, that, that's it. Uh, there's more in there. You just got to figure out how to get through it and what's going to carry you. You know, you might only have another 100 miles or 200 miles, but you, you've got more in you. Uh, you just got to dig, dig a little deeper. Sure. On these rides, these long, long rides like this, and maybe this doesn't affect you, but how did you deal or how does, how do you deal with the solitude or the boredom that would come with the, with the long ride like this? Uh, there, there, there's really not a lot of it. I mean, you know, obviously anyone just kind of riding, riding any type of ride, you're, you're pretty much by yourself. So this is just a little bit longer time, but with music, you know, I've got, got voice to text, so I can still, I can still do some work, uh, you know, answer emails, texting, especially on this ride. I mean, people were texting me or messaging me all the time. So I was kind of always occupied. Sure. Um, you know, always something going on. So if it's something I couldn't handle then when I stopped to get gas or eat, I could, you know, I was always catching up on, on that stuff. So it was really just, my mind was just always focused on something uh, other than, Hey, I'm, I'm tired or I'm hurting. I mean, I was, I was hurting every day, but just with worrying about everything else or concentrating on everything else. Hey, where am I going? What do I want to see? Let me answer these messages. Let me talk to somebody. You know, I just kind of kept pushing that out of my mind, focused on that. So it wasn't just sitting Um, there in dead, dead silence, you know, worrying about, you know, how bad everything is. Right. Yeah. That helps a lot too, doesn't it? Not, not thinking about that. Yeah. How many run-ins with the law did you have? Uh, quite a, quite a few. 
Uh, more more than I thought. Uh, 14. Stopped 14 times. Three tickets. So 14 times. So three tickets. That's, I mean, that's the big thing. Uh, I, I We all laugh at the 14 times because it's kind of funny. But over 100,000 miles, 14 times is probably the average. Maybe. I, I, I have noticed. <laughs> I, 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 knew, I knew when I started I was going to get stopped. You know, I, I really thought I was going to get stopped eight to ten times and probably mm-hmm. get two or three tickets. That's kind of what I thought. So, uh, yeah. and, and I was, I was right in there, you know, stopped a few more times, but that's how many tickets I wound up with. So, yeah. yeah. Again, I think three in a hundred thousand miles is not, uh, it's not out of, out of the normal. It might, but I don't, it doesn't seem like it. I guess if um, you're obeying the speed limit, it's, it's pretty bad. Well, yeah. But <laughs> everybody does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. However, we always advise it. So, that's right. That's right. Uh, do you have any predictions for 2022? How many miles you're going to get through? How many miles you're going to put down? Uh, I don't have a plan on anything. I'm just going to, you know, do uh, just kind of do my, my normal riding, uh, the same contests and challenges that are out there. I'll, I'll just do that. And, you know, every, every, everybody always asks, how are you going to top it or what that? And I'm, it's, that's not what I'm looking for. It's not, I didn't do it just to, okay, now I got to do better. And now I got to do better. It's just, kind of one, those one-off things that I did it and I'll go back to my, my, my same type of riding. Uh, I'm not looking to, to exceed that or, or do anything uh, outrageous or whatever. Go from there. I'll just, uh, I'll be there to support the next guy who wants to step up and break that record. Do you, it seems to me, I've heard you say something about this. Are you planning on possibly doing something like this again? I mean, I, I would, I would love to. I really thought, when I started that it was just going to be one of those absolutely grueling, barely finished, you know, if I was even able to finish and it was just going to be a nightmare. Uh, but it was actually insanely fun. I just had an amazing amount of, of fun on the ride and, and it wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. So yeah, I would, I would absolutely love to do it again. Well, we'll be there cheering you on for sure. Before we get to your five questions, Paco's episode episode one is the only one that's aired before we recorded this one and you did hear it so you have a distinct advantage over the previous two recordings is you've heard these five questions before but before i ask you these do you have any sponsors or people you would like to thank oh yeah yeah um you know republic harley davidson uh again they they step up they've uh, they've taken care of me service uh you know as I've mentioned several times before, you know, pretty much every 10,000 miles or so I was swinging back through there for service uh, and they were getting me in and out as, as quickly as possible, making sure everything was right. You know, just, just took care of me all around. Carol Burks at suspend, suspended by Smarty. Um, you know, every, everybody knows him with, with, with Olin's. He's just a, an amazing guy as far as suspension and stuff, uh, shocks on, on a bike and just gets everything just dialed in, tailored to you individually. So I would highly recommend, you know, if you're anywhere close or even not close, just take a trip up there, you know, just outside of Dallas, have him get you, get you set up. Makes a, makes a world of difference. You, you with the the wild ass cushion, you know, that's, that's obviously a a game changer in the whole thing. I mean, once you get that thing dialed in, it's, you know, it's, it's night day. And I tell people day 100 felt just like day one. So I, I appreciate that. I've read that on a number of different posts. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, just everybody, you know, everyone who, uh, you know, who, who donated and supported and followed along and uh, messaged and called and met up with me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, you know, my, my wife who kind of took care of things uh, at home. She, uh, she worried about it a lot. So I know, uh, I know that was kind of tough being, being gone all that time. So, yeah. Um, I think uh, what was one of the awards that you didn't win was husband of the year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But yeah, I mean, it, everyone, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, the, the main goal was to try to hit that number, raising the money for, for the kids and everything. And, and, and we did it kind of at the end, I was kind of getting bummed when it's getting close and we still were sitting around, I don't know, 60, 70,000 or something. And it's kind of, thinking we weren't going to make it or whatever, but yeah, final push and uh, got over the hump and hit the number. So it's just one of those rides to where just, which rarely happens, uh, but every single thing 
just fell into place and, and went right. A few hiccups here and there, but you expect that. You know that's going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of kind of overcame that and got it finished out. Yeah, very cool. One thing I have to ask you because um, you'd mentioned yeah. oh, and, 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 and right, yeah. One, you know, it was take you know right. Mile Monster was just taking care of everything behind the scenes. You know, keeping everything on track, keeping it, keeping the word out there, and just you know everything that he's done and taking care of. You know, getting getting connected with these kids and all that while I was out there. I mean, I couldn't couldn't ask for anyone better to to be in that role and you know handle handle that part of it. So I don't think I don't think either of us knew how it was going to go or even what was going on. I called him and said, "Hey, I got an idea and get a hundred thousand dollars for your charity. Are you interested?" Like absolutely, and you know, a week later, or something. He was down here in Houston. We went to breakfast. Uh, he had two of his uh, loose fighter brothers with him, and we were just sitting there, like, "All right, this is what I want to do." You know, hundred thousand miles in a hundred days. We're all just kind of sitting there, like, "Yeah, that's insane," but <laughs> not not really knowing, you know, how it was going to go or anything like that. And then over the next, I think that was in January, and then you know, July, boom, I'm on the road. No, it's very cool. One thing um, I wanted to ask you: you made the comment earlier that you hurt every day mm-hmm. when you were riding yes where and was it just from seating being seated all day or what was oh everywhere i mean arms back legs i mean just yeah just from from riding that long uh one thing i didn't even think about or realize was uh walking it was just you know I, really the only the only walking i did was if i had to go into the gas station to get a receipt or go to the bathroom or get some so from my butt from you know from the gas pump to inside that was pretty much it i mean when it's time to sleep and you know uh stayed in a lot of hotels i'd walk into the hotel but that was it i mean you know 18 20 hours a day just sitting on a motorcycle with with no walking so yeah uh, that's why I, I decided that one day when i went over to uh park the bike and took the ferry over to mackinac island for four or five hours and i think i walked around about three and a half miles or so, three and a half, four miles. It just, man, it felt amazing just to just get, get up and move. Yeah, just to move, get the blood circulating, just you know, get off the bike for a good amount of time, and not and not just be sleeping. I mean, if I was off the bike, I was sleeping. Sure. So yeah, just to be be moving around and walking, it 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 felt felt good. It made all the difference. So a lot of those little things on a ride like this, you just have to know when it's time to take a break, uh, even though you'll, you fall a little bit behind, you'll more than make up for it in the long run. Uh, yeah. just, just by being fresh. Valid, valid point. Did you lose any weight? Uh, I gained a few pounds. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. I guess you see eating shit, you know, I tried, tried starting out, uh, which that's funny. I'll tell you about this. Uh, so I started out, obviously I knew I was going to have to, you know, try to take care of my body as much as I could and eat right mm-hmm. and healthy and, you know, just some vegetables and all that. And I guess I just wasn't eating enough because, and I don't remember what day it was. It was around, it was in the twenties, day 20 something. I was just, I was starving so bad. Like I hadn't eaten in three weeks and I just went into a restaurant and I just ordered a ton of stuff. I mean, a couple of appetizers, a couple of of entrees, desserts. Uh, I mean, I I spent like a hundred and something dollars on this meal. Didn't eat half, (laughs) you know, just, just, I just, wanted all this food in front of me and just stuffed myself. And it was a horrible decision. I felt bad for two days afterwards. So that was definitely the wrong thing to do. So yeah. I just had to get back well, and just kind of figure out, figure out how much I needed to eat and, and what, and what was working. So kind of had to change some things up there. Uh, and that's some stuff you kind of figure out on the road. I mean, you know, on a, a one, two or three day ride, you can, you can kind of plan for that and you know what it's going to take. Uh, yeah. Even even on the the Hoka Hay or the IBR, you can kind of punish yourself and punish your body, and you'll be okay. You'll be able to make it to the end. But you know, I knew there was no way I was going to be able to do that for a hundred days. Right. So it it took some took some time to uh, figure out what I needed and, and and to make it work. Huh. I'm taking notes here, by the way. Um, the five questions. Here's the first one is something you believe that other people think is insane something i believe yeah something that you believe that others think is insane oh anything's possible i mean there were tons of people who said there's no way on this ride you know tons of doubters who said it was impossible couldn't do it 
uh, just, you know, no way possible. They've been riding 50 years and nobody can do that. Uh, and it's just mm-hmm. one of those things, you know, obviously you can do it, you know, put your mind to it. You can, you know, like the saying, you can do anything and you can. Now that I've done it, there'll be plenty of people behind me who've done it like it was nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. Concepts sure. been proven. So now, now to be done time and time again. Okay. I like that one. The, uh, okay. So the next question, it, this could be an investment of money, time, energy, or other resources, but what is the best or most worthwhile investment you have made to your writing? To writing, I would just say, uh, I think you just have to go with the gear just from a safety factor. Uh, you, okay. you, just like anything else, it, it, it's not if it's when you go down or whatever. So, uh, I, I totaled my 2019 limited in, in big Ben when I hit a pig and luckily, you know, I had full climb gear that I didn't have anything. I mean, I messed up, uh, sprained my ankle. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but other than that, I mean, I didn't have any, you know, road rash or sure. any, anything major wrong with me. I was able to get up and just, you know, everything was fine. Uh, so I just, I just think the, the gear is just, you know, I've seen so many people, so have had friends who've same thing, had so many wrecks and just come out virtually unscathed or nothing major, um, that, you know, yeah. it's absolutely the, the gear that, that made a difference. The next question, what is the worst advice you see or hear being dispensed in your world? In the world of riding, the worst advice I guess people just uh, a generic statement. I see people all the time, uh, whether it's talking about uh, IBA rides or the Hoka Hay or whatever. It's, oh, yeah, just get out there. You just have to ride 24 hours straight the first couple of days or whatever. And it, it's mm. it's not, not, not the case. It's just a horrible blanket statement. Like we talked about earlier, you have to ride your ride. You know, if, yeah. if, if six, seven, eight hundred miles is all you can do ever and you know it, then stick to that. When you start pushing beyond your limits is – that's when the trouble comes. So yeah, you can't just listen to some ridiculous blanket statement like that. Yep. Good. So do you have any asks or requests of the audience? Anything we can do for you? Oh man. Um, they've, I I really don't done so much. I mean, I've just been so grateful for, for what was, what's already been done. I mean, it's just, just incredible. I mean, when you think about it, that's hundred thousand dollars raised in basically three months is just, insane you know for someone who i'm not a professional fundraiser or charity or anything like that it's just basically word of mouth and social media that just everyone just went above and beyond i mean i i definitely couldn't ask for for anything else where can we follow hops adventures uh facebook mainly uh instagram i'm on instagram hops adventures still trying to figure out instagram uh figure it out i'm just not the not the best on there but yeah, I try to try to post stuff on on both of those places. Like I said, I post most of the stuff on Facebook. Is it just Chris Hopper? Yes, on Facebook. Correct. And Hops and Adventures on Instagram. Okay, is there an underscore in there? There is Hops underscore At Adventures. Hop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I know I follow it, but I couldn't remember exactly what it was. So follow follow this guy. What you got working on there? Oh no, <laughs> alarm was going off, so I turned it off. Okay. Um, so follow this guy at, uh, on Facebook at Chris Hopper or on Instagram at hops underscore adventures. Hopper, any last parting words before we close this out? Um, I really don't. I, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, if you, I'll, I'll tell you a quick, quick, funny story from the road. Uh, I think it was in, where was it? It was in Utah. And I had just come through like the day before or two days before I'd come, I spent like six hours in this rainstorm. Uh, I usually tried to avoid the weather, but this one I really had to push through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I may have told you this on the other one, but when I got to the hotel, it was like the next night. I, I, I don't know, I spent like 30 minutes getting rained on or whatever. It was no big deal at all. And this guy walked in, big guy, little bitty bike. He had just bought the bike. We were standing there to check in. He was soaking wet. Uh, just telling me he just bought that bike like uh, three months ago. He just got his, just got his motorcycle license. Took off on this trip. Uh, I don't remember where he was from, uh, but he said he had just like three thirty five hundred mile trip planned, and he was six hundred miles in that day and just getting poured on in the rain. And you could just mm-hmm. see it in his eyes. And he was smiling. He was just he was having a great time. I mean, even though it was just horrible conditions, he was just having a great time, and you could just kind of kind of see the excitement. And that's when he you know he asked what I was doing. I'm like, uh, asked if I got rained on all that. I'm like, no, like 
I'm like, I did like 200 miles today. You know, I'm, you, you got me beat. So he just, he, oh, he you told him that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He, he had a good time with it. I mean, I, you know, hopefully he got a good story out of that going back and telling all his friends that, yeah, I looked outside, this guy had this big expensive bike and all this high dollar gear and all that. He could only ride 200 miles. And I was 600 miles in, in the rain. And, you know, it was just, it was just funny being there, but you could just see the excitement on his face and he just, he was just having such a good time with it. And that's what it's about. Just getting out there and having fun. So I thought that was funny. Absolutely. And that speaks volumes about you and your character right there. Um, you know, it's let him have his glory. That is very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a good time. And that's what I said. He, he was doing it right. You know, he was out there riding and that's what I like to see. Just people get out there and ride more, you know? Yeah. So I have not heard that story. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. And uh, hopefully everybody learns another valuable lesson, not only about you, but how to treat others on the road, because that's really the right way to do it. Let them have it. Yeah. So appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. And uh, we will definitely be staying in touch. Definitely. Sounds good. I, I appreciate you having me. Thanks for, thanks for letting me come on. Absolutely. Guys, hit the subscribe button to this podcast if you liked it. If it sucked, just ignore it and move on. But uh, thank you for listening. This has been episode three of the Wild Ass Podcast. I am Wild Ass Craig, and we have been listening to Chris Hopper at Hops Adventures. Thank you all. Sounds good. Thanks.